Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture comes from the first, the only letter of Paul to the Romans. I appeal to you, my brothers and sisters, on the basis of mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouragement, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are the body. Well, for us, summer, for many of us, summer is often a time of slowing down. The summer was so busy for me. At my full-time university job, I helped plan for and train campus staff on a new software-based telephone system that went live in July. I preached here a few times, and sermon writing really takes me a very long time. I wish it didn't take so long, but it does. As July wrapped up, I really felt like I needed to pause so I could take a deep breath. Well, I was able to spend a week in the glorious mountains of Montana with fellow Presbyterian pastors. The purple mountain majesties were just what my heart needed, especially when I could uh, take the quarter-mile walk down from the lodge to the lake shore and hear the lapping of the waves. It was a glorious time away. I wanted little more than some time away that week, worshiping God in what I, I refer to as a holy place, one that holds deeply uh, fond memories of a wonderful family vacation at Glacier National Park decades ago. 
this retreat or camp was perfectly timed before the semester started. It was staffed by one person of whom I have several resource books on my shelf and I had no idea that she was there. And it was filled with others who love to sing in many parts and are eager and others that are eager to show how they were planning worship for the rest of the calendar year. I got much accomplished and I was fed spiritually. I rested in a glorious place. Well, that first night we arrived in Montana occurred during the annual Perseid meteor shower. After a long day of travel, my roommate and I just could not keep our eyes open long enough for the sky to darken sufficiently that far north to catch a falling star. So at 1 a.m., we woke up and took ourselves outside to a large grassy field halfway down the lake. We stood there on the grass in our pajamas and gym shoes with our heads tilted back, scanning the sky for shooting stars. Okay, Brian, the aerospace air engineer and sound technician, I know that's not the technical term. <laughs> Within a moment, one bright streak across the sky later, we were hooked. Did you see that? We discovered constellations and the Milky Way. Even with a few lights shining from the cabins, seeing the Milky Way, knowing that we are part of that galaxy, stars, light years away, tend to help me understand once again my place in this world. The rugged edges of the mountains brought to mind the tremendous forces of nature. Nature's grandeur has a way of reminding me how small I am, how mountains are thousands of feet high, lakes so clear and so deep, and yet I am a tiny speck in comparison. It's humbling. But I was reminded of the paradox of Psalm 139, of our creator of all, and yet, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before your hand is upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or flee from your presence. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and night wraps itself around me, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Darkness was not dark that night, because the sky was full of thousands of stars. God, our creator, was so very present to me that second week of August. The one who made the stars and the heavens, yet can discern our thoughts from far away. This is the God I experienced each morning. While I was there, I woke before dawn to catch the light show of heaven that await and waited on the sunrise. I took way too many photos to, that I tried to capture the awe, the color of the green trees in late afternoon light, 
the mystery of creation and our God who created us, each one. God did create each one of us with individual gifts and talents and desires and hopes and worries, each of us unique. Therefore, there is so much imagery in today's passage, so many words that capture my attention every time I read it. But one word that really stuck out to me this this, uh, time fits this particular Sunday. Therefore. The first sentence in our passage, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Therefore. Therefore is a connecting word. It connects the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans to the other half. The first part of Romans is all about who Jesus is, who God is, and that having faith in God through Jesus is sufficient. The first part of Romans is packed with theology and talks about how the old rules don't matter in the same way any longer now that Jesus has come. Faith is what is most important to Paul in Romans. And what comes next is how we are to live this out. Having faith is one thing. It is in living out our faith that makes us who we are. It's what sets us apart. Together, we can live out our faith. Sure, we can be Christians without being part of a community, but it is in community that we can truly be the body of Christ. Paul is telling us that we need to understand our place in the body. Don't think of yourself too highly, he says. But I also think we are not to sell ourselves short. All of us, each and every one of us, has been gifted by God for service. I think this particular Sunday in the life of First Presbyterian Church of Champaign is a hinge Sunday. Matt and Rachel are off at Montreat learning about transitional ministry. And one week from today, our next associate pastor, the Reverend Joe Lundy, is joining us here on staff. And the month of September is my last one on staff here as a transition to this new season. Yes, we have a new, young, full-time pastor for discipleship to lead us. But friends, this is not the time to step back. Now, we cannot all relax that our pastoral staff is complete once again. No, we need to step up and answer that call, that nudge from God to bring hope to a world that needs it so desperately. Today's passage reminds me of why I was drawn to my particular route to ministry. You see, I'm a firm believer that we are each one of us called I know I say it often, but I believe it deep in my bones. And our baptism means that we are washed clean of our sins and grafted into the family of God and equipped to serve, to serve as we have been called. There is a tenant in our Reformed faith that is the priesthood of all believers, and it means that we are all on the same footing with God, with every other child of God. No one is above any other. We are all equal in our access we have to God, as well as the love we receive as part of God's family. It is in our baptism that we are equipped. David Gambrell of PCUSA writes about baptism this way. 
In the sacrament of baptism, our inclusion in the covenant of grace, incorporation into the faith of Christ and the life of Christ and anointing with the gifts of the Spirit, we have countless reasons to give God thanks and praise. As Jesus said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water, filled with the never-failing grace of Jesus Christ poured out for us, our hearts overflow with gratitude and joy, spilling out into the world in lives of service and love for God and neighbor. I'm a firm believer that our baptism is all that is needed to be called by God. God's spirit dwells in us and uses us to serve. And that service is what Paul is talking about in today's passage. Now, some of us are called to preach. John and Gary and Dave and Betty have all answered that calling this season to share the hope of Christ in the form of our amateur preaching ministry this year. I, too, have felt called and took a slightly different route, starting with amateur preachers and going through a commission lay pastor training program 20 years ago. Not all of us are called to, to preach, of course. But friends, like this morning's scripture said, we need all the body parts in the body of Christ. In the way that, I love the way that the First Nations version of the New Testament puts it. It's just, I like reading other translations because it, sometimes a new word can help. So listen from this First Nations version. Creator's gift of great kindness has been poured on us in many ways, giving us different kinds of gifts. If your gift is to speak the heart and mind of the great spirit and prophecy, then let trust guide your words. If your gift is helping others, then give yourself to help others. If teaching is your gift, teach well. If your gift is to speak courage and strengthen the hearts of others, then speak bravely. The one whose gift is giving should not hold back. If your gift is leading, lead with honor. And the one whose gift is showing mercy and kindness to others should do so freely and with a glad heart. Using the description of God's community, the church as a body, and us as individually members of the body, we all have a part to play. All are needed. None is better or more worthy than the other. No person is better than another. No gift is better than another. The gifts Paul describes are gifts that are not self-serving. They are to help others and, and require others to be useful gifts at all. Sure, when I was a little girl, I played teacher to my stuffed animals, but we know that teachers share with students knowledge and skills that help them succeed in life. Preachers can explain and proclaim the word of God, but unless there's people to hear, preachers themselves have no value at all. It is the same with those gifted with prophecy, not so much as future tellers, but I think of prophets as consequence forecasters, urged to share what will happen if listeners follow a certain path. Givers are needed to share what they have. Could be two copper coins, money for a new hospital wing, or shoes for kids headed back to school. Paul talks about a few gifts that the community needs, prophecy, service, teaching, encouragement, and these are just a few of the gifts that we are called to embody. None of these are better than any other, 
but I would say that some gifts may seemingly be tiny and perhaps of no value. But I tell you, I don't think I could stand here in the pulpit if it were not for the encouragement I receive in return. I would deeply miss the beaming smiles, for some of you are lifting me up as I speak and encourage me to speak the words that God has nudged me to utter. God uses each of us to serve as we are needed. At staff this week, I commented that uh, this week was going to be the Judy show, since I was the lone pastoral staff member present today. I meant it completely tongue-in-cheek, meaning I meant that I would be doing all the parts. And while I do sometimes feel like an imposter putting on the robe of ministry, I do feel empowered to share what I find in the scriptures that God is nudging me to say. At staff made it clear that it was really the God show. <laughs> it's not about me. Worship is never about who is up front, proclaiming or praying or singing or playing an instrument. No, it is always, always about God. All of the folks up front today are sharing our gifts to the glory of God. Whenever I share with people that I feel like an imposter sometimes, unworthy to fill the role I'm serving as a preacher or pastor, I get reminded by others who've gone to seminary, and while I most decidedly have not, and others who sit in the pews that I am indeed called to serve God in this particular way. It's not about me. It's about God. And God calls us each to be the body of Christ in this place and to go forth from here in service. My call is not, nor should it look like yours. If we are the body of Christ together, then all of us are needed to share our gifts to be the body at work in the world. It is the imagery that Paul shared in his letter to the Romans that inspired Teresa of Avila to write, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Your eyes are the eyes with which God looks, compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.